0: Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike.
1: Welcome back to Lose Yourself. Today's episode, we rejoin our conversation with Ben Neiser, pastor of Mosaic Church in Provo, Utah on the topic of discipleship.
0: There was a huge shift unless you went to a liberal arts college of some sort and got a liberal arts degree in any form. More than likely, your degree was heavily focused as well as your high school and junior high experiences heavily focused on the sciences, mathematics, and then the basic structure of English and reading comprehension. Not necessarily in poetry and in arts, okay? Those were extracurricular types of things. You had to go looking for those things. Those things didn't naturally find you. So poetry for a lot of us, you know, millennial or above is somewhat of a dying form of communication. So that's one kind of roadblock that we have when it comes to a a book like Isaiah, that with the exception of a couple chapters right in the middle of the book, is all poetry. Every last bit of it is poetic. And what do we do with a book like Isaiah? And we can't just skip over it. You know, it's the most... It's the most quoted book from the Old Testament in the New Testament. And so we've got to get into Isaiah on our own time. Um, unless you have the privilege of your pastor is going to preach chapter by chapter, verse by verse, through all 66 chapters of Isaiah, you're going to have to get in on, on your own, right? And so that's that's one thing is that, Poetry is is a dying form. And what it's been replaced with is a very formulaic way of thinking. We've replaced literary and, you know, things like along those lines that are nuanced with E, equ- e equals MC squared, right. right? Formulaic equations, science, observation, you know kinds of things, the answer is there and there's one answer, you know, to it. And so what we do, unfortunately, now with poetry is we have kind of think, we think it away. Right. We, we deconstruct it so much that we kind of miss the forest for the trees.
1: Yeah, one prominent Christian scholar once said that in the 20th century, universities went from universities to multiversities, meaning, you know, that God was above the university. It was a quest that your faith actually made your ability to cultivate your talents better. Mm-hmm. As opposed to multi, just you get to trade. You to go to school to make money. You asked to most parents, they want to pay that check tuition check because I want my child to be self-sufficient. But what happens is that in that transition of one constructs Christian thinkers and scholars, one deconstructs all of the matter. And, and you literally saw that in the 20th century where poetry and the classics and, and things of, of that nature got deconstructed and kind of pushed to the side in a much more analytical way. Right. And so I think it's really great to see some of this resurgence happening with things like biblical poetry. Right.
0: Again, so if you're sitting there and you're just the average Joe and Jane. Right. You know, you're a nurse. Yeah. You know, you're a science teacher. You're an accountant. You're a lawyer. More times than not, you're again, you're not picking up as a Christian. You're not just picking up a book that's just a book of poems but when you pick up your bible and you turn to the book of isaiah or the book of psalms you're picking up a book of poems right right and so we we've got to understand and we've got to we've got to figure out how to approach in order so that we can we can get faithful interpretation so the the one kind of don't is don't overthink don't naturally take our the minds that are so wired towards the hard sciences and towards the, there's a, there's a one answer kind of thing and overthink poetry. Mm-hmm. We, that, that, that's, that's the one. The second thing is obviously men were not always into poetry, right? As you were alluding to earlier. Um, but, but here's the challenge men, Christian men, if you want to be men of the word, you're going to have to be men of poetry. right? I mean, David, who slays Goliath, wrote a hundred songs. He was a songwriter. He was a poem machine. Isaiah, I mean, some, some of the heroes of our faith that we go, these are like manly men, mm-hmm. are writing songs and poems under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. To serve us in the church today.
1: Right. So we've got to pay attention. We do. To these things. What do you think this art form adds to the Bible in terms of our edification and our, um, what do we get from it that we can't get from just the typical narrative or history?
0: What we get from poetry is truth that is laced with or wrapped in Experience. Mm. So, what I mean by that is, when we approach narrative, you know, the the idea of the oh, what's the moral to the story? Right. right? Well, that's a good question to ask when we're reading the Gospels. Right. What's the moral to this story? what What is this story's purpose? Was it trying to show us about these people and that location and what they did and how they responded and all that? When we think about poetry poetry communicates a truth through an individual experience so two things again are true there don't don't overlook them there is a truth there is a singular interpretation that needs to be drawn from in the poem that you're reading in biblical poetry there is an intent of the author who is writing that poem poem to communicate a truth but he doesn't just merely want you to know the truth he wants you to feel it okay so the purpose of poetry is not to engage the mind it is to engage the heart mm-hmm. let me give you for instance so okay Isaiah chapter 1 starting in verse 5 Why will you be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. But bruises and sores and raw wounds, they are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Now, that's a poem that's written in poetic form. What's the truth that's being communicated in that poem? You're a sinful people. That's what's being communicated in that poem. But see, here's what Isaiah does. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, instead of Isaiah saying, Israel, Judah, listen up, you're a sinful people, (laughs) because he could have communicated it in that way. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he chooses to write a poem instead. Mm -hmm. And he gives us this picture of almost like a a, how would the original audience read it? A leprous man, right? A, a, a to excuse my language, a pus-filled, bleeding, oozing from head to toe leper, mm-hmm. in which the sores aren't being bound up, mm-hmm. they're just they're they're not being addressed. And so what Isaiah is saying is he's not he's not just saying, "Hey Israel, you're sinful." He's saying your state is so it, it's so left unchecked. The the righteous, the unrighteousness, the utter rebellion against God in his covenants is so bad. It's like a leprous man who's not tending to his wounds. You stink. Mm. You look awful. Mm. See, so so again, he's communicating the truth in order to convey a feeling right he wants us to feel our own filth right not just go yeah he's right we are wicked and depraved he wants you to he wants you to be squirming a little bit like ugh, that's gross that's the point of
1: poetry which is great because for so many people they say well i read this and i've kind of gotten the information, but I'm not connected to the Bible. You know, yeah. will occasionally we'll will, will come by people who will say that as like, well, what does this have to do with me? Or so what? Or even people who were part of groups that did memorization, which is great, by the way, I'm all about the memorization, mm-hmm. but like, but without that heart with that, that challenge to our, our nature it can just be left up like, like formulaic equations. Mm -hmm. And there are people who just like, they will sit there and they'll spit off, you know, scriptures like they're, they're solving a a riddle or an equation, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything to them. Right.
0: And again, you could, even as a faithful believer, because you got a lot of atheists that do that right with, with the word they're they're very heady. They're always in their head. They're not interacting with, with, with their heart and their soul. Right but for us as believers we can even do this if we're not careful that like i can read isaiah 1 and go oh okay yeah this is reminding me that i'm i'm broken and i'm depraved and and i'm wicked and and i'm sinful okay move on but no no like the purpose of this was was for us to really interact and to feel the depth of it right to connect the head of the the, the truth of it to the heart of it and so poetry if we allow it right It really can affect change in us. We've got to do the work. We do. Of of reading this and understanding the authorial intent, understanding the original context, understanding what the truth is that's threaded throughout the whole thing, but then connecting with the experience of it that leads to
1: a heart transformation. I love that. There might be someone out listening today. They're looking for a challenge they don't really think about the Bible in that way mm-hmm. that there is, like you just mentioned earlier, there's the brave heart elements of the, yeah. if you want to dig into that, or there's the wisdom elements of that. I mean, the poetic elements aren't just beautiful, but they're challenging. And there's people out there listening, going, Oh, well, maybe I'll take that challenge. Maybe I'll open up those hard scriptures and I'll, I'll kind of wrestle with it and, and see what happens because that passage you just said can communicate a truth in a more powerful way than like you just said, this saying it number two, it kind of sneaks up on you because you're not defensive. You're just reading about this description. And then you kind of have the aha moment, which poetry often does. And then finally think if you were able to put yourself in the position of that leper, you're not going to give God a, well, sorry, you're going to understand. You're going to get some self-awareness that perhaps you didn't have Mm -hmm. before you read that passage and you're going to give the proper remorse and rededication that you need. Yeah. That draws it out. And so do you find that our technological minds and our attention spans do not lean in this direction right now? Yes. Yes, for sure. Like I see the memes like one, one Psalm on a card with a, usually a pretty background is great. But I hope that would whet someone's appetite to actually read it as opposed the whole thing as opposed to just going, Oh, because again, Mm -hmm. otherwise these wonderful passages either get ignored or they just get put up on a mantle or on a meme that is gonna make us feel sweet for about ten seconds and then go away. And so there needs to sometimes be a, a more of a rigorous desire to get into scripture. We're out of time, but we'll pick up this conversation on our next episode.
0: This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production
1: of Key Radio.